All right, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Another Bottle Down, and it's a podcast about wine and the wine industry where we get to meet winemakers from all over the world or from our local Texas wine community. We broadcast uh, in Austin, Texas on KOOP, Hornsby, Austin, a community radio station, and then, and then we make this podcast with the wonderful discussions from our winemakers. Today is a great episode. Uh, Greek wine is the feature. I love Greek wine. It's exciting. It's an, an exciting moment. It's not all uh, it's not all Retsina, as I'm sure we're going to hear from uh, our guests today, are um, Yanis Tselepos from Katima Tselepos, and he has been one of the pioneers in the Mantinea region of the Peloponnese, super knowledgeable winemaker, really has his finger on the pulse of what is going on there. Uh, he doesn't speak English, so he's translated by Andreas Sinelis. And Andreas is from the importer named Cava Spiliadas. And I will put all the links in the, the show notes. I realize some of the pronunciation is a little bit difficult. So at the very end, I had Yanis say very slowly and enunciate very well uh, the names of the grape varieties and the major regions. So make sure to stick around for that. Before we get into it, I would love for you to uh, go to the iTunes store and subscribe if you're not subscribed already to Another Bottle Down Radio. Uh, and if you have enjoyed the show a few times or enjoy this show, leave a comment. Uh, that's how more people discover the podcast. I would really appreciate it. I'd love to hear comments. Sometimes it just feels like we're talking into a mic and uh, nobody's listening. So <laughs> love some feedback and um, and love you to be a longtime listener. So let's get into it with... Yanis Tselepos and Andreas Zinelis. Mr. Tselepos, you have uh, three wineries in Greece, is that correct? Three wineries in three different regions. In three different regions. And uh, Andreas, you are with the portfolio that imports these wines. That is, is that correct? correct? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Well, welcome to Co-op. Welcome to Austin. Thank you very much. And I'd like to start off by uh, having you describe the geography of Greece, maybe north to south, and, and the wines that are coming from there. Just, you know, maybe a couple minutes. A lot of people do not know about Greek wine in general, so we'll kind of talk. And Andreas, we, you can insert your yes. opinions as well. We can separate Greece into four basic regions. In northern Greece, we find Macedonia. In Central Greece. The Peloponnese region, which is where he's originating from. And the islands of Greece. Okay. All four of these regions give different results to wines. And, okay, so we have four regions. The north, Macedonia, uh, the central Greece, the Peloponnese and the islands, right? Did I pronounce? Yes. I got that right. What wines are are coming, or what notable grape varieties are coming from all of those four regions? And so, if we start talking about wine, what what is kind of coming out of those regions? Καταρχάς μιλάμε για τη χώρα με το μεγαλύτερον αμπελόνα σε γηγενείς ποικιλίες. First off, we're speaking about a country with the largest selection of indigenous grape varietals. Πάνω από 175 γηγενείς ποικιλίες βρίσκονται μέσα στον ελληνικό ναμπελόνα. Over 175 indigenous grape varietals exist in Greece. 
Επειδή είναι πάρα πολλέ, εμεί στην Ελλάδα κάναμε ένα στρατηγικό σχέδιο. Όπου βγαίνουν σαν πρεσβευτέ οι τέσσερι πιο σημαντικέ. Οι τέσσερι πιο σημαντικέ είναι το ξινόμαυρο από τη Μακεδονία. Από την Πελοπόννησο, όπου είμαστε εμεί, φέρνουμε δύο ποικιλίε πιο σημαντικέ, το μοσχοφύλερο και το γεωργίτικο. Και από τον νησιώτικο Ναμπελώνα, φυσικά το φημισμένο Νασύρτικο, όπου εκπροσωπεί η Σαντορίνη. And from the islands, uh, Santorini being the most important one, we get the Assyrtiko grape. Wow. Um, and these are such unique grape varieties as well. Uh, and we'll talk about your background and the background of the wineries. But so if those four grapes, can we give a flavor profile? What I, I bet a lot of listeners have not had any of those grapes. So um, what should somebody expect from those Greek varieties? Τι θα περίμενε κανένα άμα δοκιμάσει αυτά τα σταφύλια, διότι ο περισσότερο κόσμο δεν τα έχει δοκιμάσει. Κατα... Είναι κάτι χαρακτηριστικό από το κάθε. Καταρχά, μιλάμε για ξεχωριστέ γεύσει, από τι γεύσει που είναι συνηθισμένο ο περισσότερο κόσμο με τα καπερνέ, τα σαρντονέ και τα. So, first off, uh, the bat, we're speaking about completely different uh, flavor profiles right. from international varietals, just like Cabernet Sauvignon. Μιλάμε για ποικιλίε που πολλέ από αυτέ προέρχονται από την αρχαιότητα. We're speaking about grape varietals that have existed since the ancient times. Παραδείγματο χάρη το μοσχοφύλερο, μιλάμε είναι ο κάπνιος ίνος της Αρκαδίας. For example, μοσχοφύλερο is known from the ancient times as the smoky grape varietal of Arcadia. Όπου ο Ισίδωτος έχει μιλήσει για αυτό το κρασί. Where Hesiod, uh, an ancient writer, has mentioned about this grape varietal. Άρα μιλάμε για κάτι για γεύσεις εντελώς διαφορετικές. Ένα παράδειγμα να σου πω. Η Σαντορίνη δίνει γεύσει οι οποίε προέρχονται από ένα τεροάρ ηφαιστειογενέ. Είναι ο μεγαλύτερο σε ηλικία αναμπελώνα τη Ευρώπη. Είναι ο μοναδικό αμπελώνα ο οποίο διασώθηκε από τη φιλοξήρα. Αλλά το σημαντικό είναι ότι δίνει γεύσει οι οποίε δίνουν τη μεταλλικότητα και όλα τα χαρακτηριστικά ενό ηφαιστειογενέ εδάφου. Um, it's unique because it gives a special metallic and a very high minerality um, and characteristics that really are tied in with the volcanic soil. And so talking about Assyrtiko, they're some of, I think, the most exciting white wines in the world right now. That is, even though it's ancient, it's still a little unknown in the international wine scene, right? Is Assyrtiko going to, so we can't replicate the geography and the history of Santorini, but are they, are they thinking about Assyrtiko in other parts of the country? Is that improving? Is it growing in popularity? Καταλαβαίνουμε για το ασύρτικο της Σαντορίνης, αλλά είναι μια ποικιλία που έχουμε αρχίσει να τη βλέπουμε εκτός από το νησί της Σαντορίνης εντός της Ελλάδος. Σίγουρα, στην Ελλάδα είναι αρκετά διαδομένη. Ήδη τώρα τελευταία αρχίζουν και φυτεύουν και σε άλλες χώρες του κόσμου, όπως έχουμε στην Αυστραλία, στην Καλιφόρνια και σε άλλες χώρες. Αυτό είναι ένα καλό, αυτό δίνει μια καταξίωση. 
Yeah. We've been getting to see Asirtiko um, a little bit, oh, translating what Yanni said as well. Uh, we've been seeing it beyond the island of Santorini and the northern part in the Peloponnese and island of Crete. However, in the last couple of years, we've also seen it beyond the borders of Greece as well. There's examples in Australia and uh, Clare Valley with Jim Barry, and we've also seen it in uh, Trifford Vineyard, which is in Northern California, and a lot of experimentations in other countries as well. Το σίγουρο είναι ότι σε, σε όλες αυτές τις χώρες θα δώσει ε, πολύ ωραία αποτελέσματα, πολύ ενδιαφέροντα αποτελέσματα, αλλά τη μοναδικότητα που φέρνει το τερουάρ της Σαντορίνης νομίζω ότι σε καμιά χώρα δεν θα το έχει. Um, you're going to get very unique results and great results for that matter when it's planted beyond the island of Santorini. However, it is truly unique and it can't be replicated, the Assyrtiko from Santorini. And that's why you in this new winery project uh, have gone right to Santorini, right? Right. Yeah. Another thing he wants to speak about is the Moscofilero grape. Yes, of course. The grape varietal is actually known as Fileri. And it uh, thrives in Peloponnese. However, in the Mantinia region, the aromatic and the acidity it has, the Fileri grape, are truly unique to the area. And that's why at 750 meters it gets the name Mosco Filero. Which means aromatic fileri. Okay. And 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 so that that aromatic characteristic is really uh, uh, typical of that particular area in the Mantinia yeah. uh, zone, right? Mm-hmm. If they were to take the grape elsewhere, it, it wouldn't do as much aromatics. If they were to take the grape elsewhere, it wouldn't do as much aromatics. No, but in all the countries that we have brought, it doesn't have the same characteristics. He said that there's been examples that they've taken this grape variety and planted in other Dini areas without the same results. There are characteristics of the Moscofiller, but not these characteristics, which are very good aromatics and they planted in other areas. They do have characteristics of Moscofilero. However, they do not have the same florality and acid, yeah. obviously giving results to complex flavors. Do you think it's fair for folks who have not... So when we talk about this aromatic quality, it shares some similarities with Muscat and maybe some similarities with Viognier, uh, but it still has the freshness and, and lively acidity, right? Is that mm-hmm. fair for folks who have never tasted Moscofilero before? I think that Moscofilero has some He actually, I mean, to put it into precise terms, he kind of places it between a Moscat and a Gewürztraminer flavor profile, especially when it comes to the aromatics. Yeah. Uh, these are wonderful wines, and uh, I've, I've start seeing them more around the Austin area, and it's very exciting. Was Moscofiletto your first wine that that brought you to wine? It was it was the first vineyards in the Mantinia area that you planted. Έχει αρχίσει και τα βλέπει τα κρασιά και τα συνηθισμένα δώσ το Austin. Είναι το Moscofiletto αυτό που σε πρώτο χαρακτηρίζει κάτι που Σίγουρα, σίγουρα, σίγουρα. Το 
Moscow Filler is what has made him most famous. It's basically most synonymous with Mr. Telepos. Αλλά το θεωρώ και δικό μου παιδί, γιατί εγώ το δημιούργησα. Εγώ εφιάλωσα την πρώτη φιάλη μοσχοφίλερο με τη μοντέρνα άποψη του κρασιού. He also considers it almost as his child because he is the first to have bottled it in its modern form of μοσχοφίλερο. Oh, wow. And so um, I saw on the website, and for folks who want to follow along, it's um, uh, telepos.gr, uh, right? Or um, Andreas, your, uh, the, the Cava Spiliadas has a lot of information, right? What's the website there? Cava, uh, so C-A-V-A-S-P-I-L-I-A-D-I-S.com. And you can find information about the wineries. And if you click on the wine tech sheets, you can find a lot more involved information about every single wine. So I was looking through the tech sheets and I saw actually, um, instead of Mantinia PDO, it was T-O, um, what is that? Typicos, Typicos, Oinos, Inos. Inos um, and it was, there was a different, it was a, a, a village or so. Um, well, it could be because the classic stainless steel Mantinia is a PDO, but there, I'm not sure what, which wine it was, but it probably doesn't fall under the PDO law. Therefore, it's a TO. Um, uh, perhaps it was the sparkling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The sparkling is not a PDO. Yeah. Okay. So, so only the Moscofilero can can fill in the the fit in for the PDO, which is the prote- protected designation of origin with exactly. the EU. Exactly. Το, το Vitech, το Amalia, είναι PTO, είναι ονομασίας προέλευσης mm-hmm. και μπορεί να έχει και τη χρονιά πάνω. Αλλά το non-vitech δεν είναι. Το Amalia, no, δεν είναι. Okay. Uh, so he does, a sparkler that he makes that is a PTO protected is the Amalia, which is the name of the sparkler, Vintage. Okay. Uh, which currently is a 2013, but uh, one of the most most popular ones are his non-vintage, which does not fall under the PDO regulation. That's oh. why it is the TO. Okay, so so for folks listening who are who don't want to uh, learn all of the, the maze of Greek wine laws, it's just very similar. PDO is very similar to AOC or DOC, and if you don't follow those rules, then you call it, then it would be like a van de pay or uh, a, um, a, a, a an IGP or something like that that is... Uh, uh, the PGI, it's the second uh, classification that we have in Greece when it's not a PDO especially. Falls more into the IGT or Vandepe category. Okay, and then Still, and then TO is after that is is kind and of TO just is again a little bit more of a general rule. Vino di Tier or something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Κρασιά ονομασία προέλευσης να είναι κρασιά τα οποία προέρχονται μόνο από ελληνικές ποικιλίες. So in Greece the PDOs are protected designation of origin but it's only for grape varietals that do originate in fact from that area only and they have to be Greek varietals. Όλες τις διεθνείς κατηγορίες τις εντάσσουμε μέσα στα βαντεπεί, στα γεωγραφικές ενδείξεις. And all the international varietals fall into the other classification, which is the PGI or Vandepe for that matter, which are geographical indications. It's very important to uh, promote and highlight our indigenous grape varietals by and of course the differences. Right. Let's talk. So we're we're speaking about in the Peloponnese and in the Mantinia area. 
what other grapes are grown there? Um, because it's not so. F- Nemea is close, but it's not. Uh, it's it's a different region than Mantinia, right? Ο κύριος ρωτάει αμα τι άλλες πικιλές έχουμε στην Πελοπόννησο και συγκεκριμένα ανέφερε το Νεμέα, παρόλο που είναι κοντά. Καταρχάς δεν είναι πολύ μακριά, είναι 30 χιλιόμετρα από το. It's only about uh, 20 miles, 30 kilometers roughly, uh, from Mantinia, the region of Nemea that you mentioned. Εμείς αχτίμαν έχουμε μια φιλοσοφία όπως έχω πει και στην αρχή. As a wine, we have a specific philosophy. Δεν πάει ο Μωάμεθ στο βουνό. That the mountain doesn't come to Mohammed, but Mohammed goes to the mountain. It's a saying that we have in Greece, basically. That's the quick translation. And that's why we go to where the varietals, in our opinion, in his opinion, um, perform best. Γι' αυτό να αναπτύξαμε στην Εμέα σε ένα αμπελόνα 12 χεκτάρια. And that's why we went to Nemea, or Yanni went to Nemea for that matter, uh, a 12-hectare property and planted the Aiorino. Ένα αμπελοτόπι στη, σε, μια, στη, σε, ένα, στη, σε ένα χωριό που λέγεται Κούτσι. Uh, he planted in a village called Κούτσι. Το οποίο έχει τις προϋποθέσεις για πολύ μεγάλα κόκκινα κρασιά. Which has basically all the prerequisites for a high-quality red wine. Εγκαταστήσαμε έναν αμπελόνα, γοράσαμε έναν αμπελόνα και ένα μεγάλο μέρος από αυτού τον ανανεώσαμε με, τις καινούργιες, με τους καινούριου κλόνους, επιλεγμένους κλόνους. And in this uh, property that Yanni purchased, um, he planted, he worked with the Ayurgitico that existed there and also planted new clones of Ayurgitico of very high quality. We kept, he kept a one-third of the property that had very old vines. Και σε αυτό δίνουμε ένα κρασί όπως είναι η ρεζέρβα μας. That uh, basically they highlight these quality of old roots, these older um, vines, and with that he creates uh, the Nemea Reserve, uh, which he has at the property as well. And how old are those vines? 60 years old. Wow. Και δε, η δε Νεμέα μας προέρχεται αποκλειστικά από καινούριους επιλεγμένους κλόνους. And the Nemea Classic or his standard Nemea label from the property comes from newer vines. But, but uh, there was um, different genetic material that he selected uh, for those newer vines? Ήταν διαφορετική γενετική επιλογή που χρησιμοποιήσεις για τα καινούρια Γενετική, ναι. Ναι, ναι, γιατί επιλέξαμε κλόνους οι οποίοι, οι οποίοι έχουν κάποια προτεραιότητα Um, these new clones that he selected for the Nemea Classic um, had certain, basically, better qualities. So better phenolic um, qualities and better tannin structure and things that he thinks that in long term will create a better result. So was that, and, and so maybe you can say more of the traditional wines were a little lighter in style and now this movement where we're looking for really full-bodied and, and richer style. Μπορείς να πεις ότι τα παλιά κρασιά της Νεμέας ή τουλάχιστον στο Αμπελόν αυτονού ήταν πιο ελαφριά και τώρα τα πιο καινούργια είναι πιο γεμάτα. Όχι, 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 δεν είναι εκεί η διαφοροποίηση. That's not where the difference is. Η διαφοροποίηση είναι ότι με την πάροδο του χρόνου ένα, ένα αμπέλι το οποίο είναι 60 χρονών μπορεί να οριμάσει καλύτερα τα σταφύλια από ένα καινούργιο αμπέλι. Γι' αυτό παρόλα τα προβλήματα που έχει. So it's safe to say that the ripening process of the older vines is going to be a lot better than the younger vines, and that's why he kept them 
despite being not of equivalent genetic material as the newer vines. Right. Σίγουρα όμως με την πάροδο του χρόνου όσο μεγαλώνει η, η, τα καινούργια μας αμπελόνα αμπέλια κάποια στιγμή ε, νομίζω ότι μετά από 15-20 χρόνια γιατί είναι ήδη 15 χρόνων mm-hmm. ε, θα αρχίσουν και αυτά να, να, να δίνουν κρασιάλο επίπεδου έτσι. So um, needless to say I forgot to mention earlier that the reserve wines that he has the old wines are only a third of the yields that the new wines create. Wow. Um, Furthermore, that the current newer plantings um, are about 15 years old already. So you can already see that the quality is quite exceptional and they're going to be creating some amazing wines. How, so um, kind of, if, we've gone a little quickly here. So we moved from Mantinia, Mantinia uh, which does almost all white wine. The Moscofilero is the, is the famous one. And now we've moved to Nemea, uh, only 30 kilometers uh, away, uh, which focuses on red wine and the grape is Ayodhya. Yitiko, and uh, you do an old 60-year-old vine, a reserve, and a younger uh, 15-year-old uh, for your classic. Um, for folks, how so there's a big divide whether people like Xinomavro, the grape in the north, or Ayodhitiko better <laughs> in the Peloponnese. Um, I'm on, I'm, I'm, let's not tell anybody, but I like Ayodhitiko. <laughs> <laughs> from Nemea uh, a lot. It's got full-bodied, it's, it's, it tends to almost have leathery qualities as well. Um, how big is Nemea and, and are we gonna, is it big enough to be a world player of wine? Κάτι που θέλω να πει ότι πολλές φορές ειδικά στα κόκκινα κρασιά υπάρχει το ξινόμαυρο, το βορρά και το αγιοργήτικο στο νότο και νομίζεις ότι το αγιοργήτικο ειδικά από την Νεμέα θα μπορέσει να γίνει μια μεγάλη περιοχή παραγωγής, δηλαδή να αξιωθεί να είναι μια από τις πιο καλές. Σίγουρα, αυτό είναι ο, ο, ο στόχος μας, να κάνουμε την Νεμέα ένα γνωστό να μπελωτώπει σε όλο τον κόσμο. Πρέπει να του πω ότι είμαι και πρόεδρος όλων των παραγόντων της Πελοποννήσου. Γι' αυτό είναι ένα από τους στόχους μας αυτό να κάνουμε την Εμέα γνωστή σε όλον τον κόσμο. Αλλά δυστυχώς υπάρχουν πάρα πολλά προβλήματα ε, όσον αφορά τη γραφειοκρατία και την νομοθεσία. Of course, there's a lot of uh, problems tied in with uh, the legislation and uh, the red tape that's involved in winemaking. In order to do what? In, in order to grow the region? Και δυστυχώς δεν παίρνουμε τις αποφάσεις πάντοτε οι τεχνοκράτες ή ειδικοί αλλά επηρεάζει πάρα πολύ και γνώμη των πολιτικών. Of course, you know, he would, they would like to do things. What do I mean by that is creating crew systems and creating a little bit more organized in order for people abroad to understand the region better. But technocrats and politicians make a couple extra hurdles. On right, because you might include some wineries in a crew, but but not include others, and then it becomes exactly. very. Υπάρχουν. Εμείς τα γνωρίζουμε πια πώς μπορεί να μέσα σε ένα σύντομο χρόνο διάστημα να απογειωθεί η Νεμέα. Δυστυχώς είναι τα συμφέροντα πάρα πολύ μεγάλα και σε χώρες όπως είναι οι μεσογειακές μετρούν πάρα πολύ το πολιτικό κόσμο. 
you know, political systems, uh, especially in the southern Mediterranean, make it a little bit more difficult. But I think that in the where Nemea is right now and the Peloponnese, um, the, the efforts have to be put on to marketing Nemea and Ayuritico, um instead of all these sub, you know, crew vineyards, in, in my opinion. Νομίζω ότι για να πετύχει η Νεμαία θα ήταν πολύ σημαντικό να προωθηθεί σαν Νεμαία τουλάχιστον για την τωρινή στιγμή εφόσον είναι άγνωστο αντί για να αρχίσουμε να το να το σπάμε σε πολλά κομμάτια και κρούς Κοίταξε, σίγουρα το όνομα Νεμέα βοηθάει αλλά το σχέδιο μας για ανάπτυξη της Νεμέας είναι ότι πρέπει να αναπτυχθεί και η κατηγορία των υποζωνών But in order for it to really fully develop there have to be at least some basic levels of distinguishing. Είναι πάρα πολύ δύσκολο αυτή τη στιγμή, ιδίως στο εξωτερικό, όταν λέμε όλα να είναι κάτω από την άνομπρέλα που λέγεται Νεμέα. It's very difficult, especially when you're speaking of Νεμέα abroad, to put everything in Νεμέα. Εάν εμείς τους δώσουμε ένα κρασί παραδείγματος χάρη κούτσι Νεμέα, If we give them a wine, for example, Kutsinemea, which is the village where the Driopi winery is located, it is, um, it is certain that that will make a difference. Yeah. Plus, it's also a model that all developed wine regions of the world follow. Of course, when, you, when, when you're talking about Barolo, if you see the word Monforte d'Alba, uh, it, it carries a little bit more weight. Mm-hmm. Now, um, back to Ayurietico, the grape, um, there's some versions that are kind of lighter and fruitier, but then there's some really serious versions that, that take oak and can age for a really long time, right? Do, we, do you see kind of the ageability uh, of Ayurietico a, a, a really positive uh, for the grape? Ο Μάρκ έχει, έχει προσέξει ότι υπάρχουν διαφορετικά ίδια γεωργιατικά, υπάρχουν ελαφριά, αρκετά φωτόδης okay. και άλλα, πολύ γεμάτα με τανίνες. Και αυτή είναι η πρώτη ερώτηση και η δεύτερη που συνοδεύει αυτό είναι ότι υπάρχει τρόπος δηλαδή να παλαιώσουν, υπάρχει προοπτική παλαιώσης του αγιοργήτικου. Καταρχάς, το, ο, 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 ο πιο σημαντικός χαρακτήρας του αγιοργήτικου είναι η, η πολυδυναμικότητα του. The characteristic of αγιοργήτικο is it's polydynamic. It's basically it's versatility. Το αγιοργήτικο μπορεί να δώσει εξαιρετικά φρόδι όπως παράγουμε εμείς το αμαλία. Αγιοργήτικο can give amazing sparkler wines, which he actually makes one. Εξαιρετικά ροζέ. Amazing rosé wines. Πολύ καλά ευκολόπιωτα φρουτόδι κόκκινα κρασιά. Easy going, everyday, fruit forward red wines. Πιο συμπυκνωμένα. Αλλά και κρασιά μεγάλη παλαιόση όπω είναι η δική μα ρεζέρβα. Αυτό θέλουμε πλέον με την καινούργια νομοθεσία σαν σύλλογο συνοποιότητα τη Νεμαία να περάσουμε αυτού του διαφορετικού τύπου. And certainly within the organization of the winemakers of Nemea, it's something that he is trying to differentiate all these different styles of Ayurvedic from Nemea. Because quite simply, the current system is outdated. It was established in 1972. And it is, yeah, it's, it's definitely outdated. Όπως είπα και στην αρχή, είναι δύσκολο να την εφαρμόσουμε. Δεν εξαρτάται από εμάς. Of course, the winemakers 
have the results at hand, but it's a little bit difficult to pass them sometimes. We, we need to take a short break. Um, and again, I thank you guys for being here. I love the wines of the Peloponnese. Uh, we're with Yanis Tselepos from um, Kitma Tselepos. Ktima Tselepos. Ktima. Uh, just to highlight something, Ktima yeah. is just a word that means domain. You're going to see it often in front of family wineries names. Excellent. Wineries. And then and the properties are, so Ktima Tselepos uh, and then is... Driopi. Uh, which is in Nemea, and Telepos Santorini, or Canava Hrisu, from uh, Santorini, which is Mr. Telepos. Okay, we, and, and then big thank you to Andreas uh, Zinelis, who is translating, and he is with the uh, importer and portfolio Cava Spiliadas. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Thank you so much for being here with us. This is another Bottle Down on Co-op Radio, and you can get more information about the show at koop.org slash another bottle down. And uh, today, it's very exciting. Uh, Greek wine is one of my passions, and we're here with Yanis Tselepos, who is uh, the owner and uh, in charge of Ktima Tselepos, and, um, and, and he has three wineries, one winery in the Mantinia area, one winery in Nemea, and then, uh, and then a winery project on Santorini. And Andreas Tsinelis is uh, translating, and he is with the importer and portfolio Cava Spiliadas. Uh, thank you for both of you to, to both. I hope I'm not butchering uh, no, <laughs> names here. Um, and, and I'd like to, I find it so fascinating that they have been making wine in Greece for thousands and thousands of years. And I find that the wine conversation almost always starts with the ancient history, whereas the modern history is a little bit more important to understand, to fully understand where Greek wine is at this moment in time, right? right. Uh, Andreas, can you kind of tell us a little bit about maybe why um, the, the Greek industry was a little slow to modernize and what, you know, what, what challenges there have been in the past, you know, 100 years or so, or, or 50, or whatever you want to talk about. Sure, no, no, of course, you know, it, Greece is the new old thing, basically. It's been around since the ancient times, we know that. Um, they've had a lot of wars, a lot of occupations, so it's winemaking regions and history has been uh, delayed when other areas in Europe were developing in the 18th century, 19th century. Uh, Greece was still being occupied and fighting world wars, Balkan wars, uh, civil wars, and all these uh, different things. So they were basically left behind because every time they had to replant and rebuild. Right, the civil wars were devastating, and that was in through the 80s, right? Uh, that or, no, 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 it was not in quite? the 80s. That was after World War II in the late 1940s was the last one. Okay. And what I would personally consider the beginning of the modern Greek Renaissance really occurred in the 1960s. Um, when things started settling down, and we started seeing initial things of Ritzina. Now, Ritzina is a long conversation, quite convoluted. Um, it is something that has uh, a bad wrath, uh, for the most part, because a lot of people, when they consider Greek wine, they consider immediately Ritzina, which is uh, most, well, it depends, it's subjective, of course, but there's high quality wines beyond Ritzina. And people started realizing that, wow, okay, it's not only about Ritzina, there's other things about it. Uh, so in the 70s, we started seeing very high quality winemakers being trained in, mostly in France, in Bordeaux and in Burgundy, returning to Greece and starting the boutique 
wine movement. Um, and that followed suit in the 80s and 90s. Now, when they came back in the 70s and 80s, there was mostly international varietals being planted because that's what they were being trained in. And the indigenous varietals, there was little known about it, especially when you're making high quality wines. But over testing and over time and realizing its quality, they're like, wow, there's actually something here. To the point where 89% of all wines made in Greece today are from indigenous grape varietals. The international varietal has kind of taken a slightly backseat. It doesn't mean that they don't make exceptional Cabernets and Sauvignon Blancs, but in order to highlight the the culture and the <clears throat> abelographic history of Greece and to maintain it from possible extinction, I believe that the indigenous varietals is the way to go. Um, in Greece, another reason why we've seen a lot more examples of high quality wines is that prior to something called the recession in 2008, 2009, they were mostly consumed in Greece, especially the high quality. But in order for the wineries to fully develop and reach the next level and sustain themselves for the most part, they had to start focusing on exportation. That's why that number has certainly increased in the last 10 years mostly. Right. And so I want you to give us an example, uh, and Giannis, jump in maybe, if uh, of, of what kind of change was it, you know, we see... So, of course, more knowledge and know-how was essential, right? So yes. that, that was probably one of the more essential things, uh, not just in the winemaking, but in the vineyard. Mm -hmm. What else changed? I mean, were, were they uh, cropping too high? Were, were, how were they, did they change treating the grapes in a certain way that, that then really boosted quality? Sure. I, I, we can bring Yanni to this conversation. Yanni, kata te gnomi su, stihio pu να αλλάζει την οτροπία των Ελλήνων mm. παραγωγών, ειδικά Before we go there, he wanted to just add a, a thing or two. It's the development of the Greek wineries is also very tightly knit with the development of modern Greek society. Εάν παρόλο που το κρασί από την αρχαιότητα προέρχεται από την Ελλάδα, ε, βλέπει, βλέπουμε ότι κατά τη διάρκεια της τουρκοκρατίας, 400 χρόνια που ήταν η Ελλάδα από τους, ε, καταλη, από τους Μουαμεθανούς, το κρασί απαγορεύτηκε, η αμπελοκαλλιέργεια εξαφανίστηκε. He wants to highlight too, I mean, Greece, modern Greek wine, I mean, modern winemaking really developed in Greece. Um, it's, it's very important to highlight that through occupations, Greek winery basically didn't exist because it was forbidden under Ottoman Empire, basically. So they didn't really have any. Right. So, so we see, uh, you know, thousands of wineries and everybody making wine at home to then in the 60s. I mean, how many wineries existed? Not many. It's important to highlight a few things uh, as we're moving into that um, about the phylloxera infecting a lot of regions of Greece, of course. Yeah. And of course, what we mentioned earlier about the Civil War and the Second World War and destruction. With the 
Βλέπουμε στην Ελλάδα μια περίοδο μέχρι το 1980 να αναπτύσσονται τα βιομηχανικά ηνοπία. And then in 1950s to 1980s it was the development of the industrial winemaking. Και, and that's και τα συνεταιριστικά. And of course the cooperative winemaking style. It was only about 30 to 40 wineries, to circle back to your initial question, um, but it was very high volume, very bulk wine. Είναι εποχή όπου το ελληνικό κρασί εξάγεται για να χαρμανιαστεί γιατί ήταν υψηλό βαθμό με χαμηλά κρασιά ευρωπαϊκά. And it was at a time where a lot of Greek bulk wine was being exported and blended with um, other European countries, northern European countries because of the high alcohol levels that were coming out of Greece and the blending was creating a balanced product. Αυτή η επανάσταση, όπως είπες και εσύ, με τα boutique winery, ξεκινάει τις αρχές του 80. And this movement of boutique wineries really started in the 1980s, in the early 1980s. Από μια ομάδα ατόμων σαν εμένα, οι οποίοι είμαστε εινολόγοι με, με, με γαλλική παιδεία στο κρασί περισσότερο. Um, with a group of winemakers, essentially, a core, um, and Yannis Telepos being one of them, at the time really focusing on boutique high-quality wines. Και σήμερα υπάρχουν πάνω από 500 μικρά ηνοπία στην Ελλάδα. And today we see over 500 small wineries existing in Greece. It's just incredible that that how the wine industry and and wine in general affects society and it's one of the reasons that I'm really drawn to wine because I use it as an avenue to study people and culture. It's wonderful. Through good times and bad. How did, so in 1989 was your first time, is that correct? The first time he made wine in Greece was actually in 1979, the Moscofilero. Okay, 79, I'm sorry. 79. Yeah, and and but you studied in you studied abroad as well, right? In Burgundy. Yeah, and that and and did that open your eyes to wow? They're doing so much, so many things. It also was, it led to a development of a whole philosophy of approaching wine and focusing on quality, which he continues to follow to today. He's the kind of person that keeps looking and trying to search for new things. I think we can agree on that, on not sticking to one winery and trying to continue finding In wine, there is no such thing as a constant. Παρόλο που εγώ είμαι θειασότης της Βουργονδέζικης σχολής, even though he is a huge fan and a believer of the Burgundy school of thought, ο γιος μου ακολουθεί μια άλλη σχολή. His son follows a different school of thought. Ο γιος μου ακολουθεί την Αμερικάνικη σχολή. His son follows the American philosophy. Είναι σπουδαστής στο UC Davis. Uh, he's doing his master in enology actually at UC Davis. Και νομίζω ότι θα μας φέρει καινούργια πράγματα. And when he completes, uh, upon completion in return, he's going to bring a new angle of philosophy to the winery. Τα οποία αφού φιλτράρομαι μαζί με τους συνεργάτες μου και, και πάρομαι, θα πάρομαι κάποια θετικά, θα τα εντάξω μέσα στη δικιά μας φιλοσοφία για το κρασί. And, you know, when he returns, and they're going to sit down with a group of the winemakers at the winery and filter all the positive qualities and influences, 
and put it and add it to the current philosophy of the winery. I'm going to make a prediction here, is that, um, and I talk with a lot of winemakers who go off and then they study for years and they come back and then once they're back home for, for 10 years or so, they realize that you were doing it correctly all, all along. <laughs> Θα κάνει ένα ερώτημα βασικά, θα κάνει μια πρόγνωση ότι όταν γυρίσει θα ακούσετε μερικά πράγματα αλλά στο τέλος θα γίνει αυτό που σκεφτώσουν ήταν το σωστό. And so do you think that, uh, so you have three wineries now and you're making these wonderful indigenous grapes from these three different regions, do you want to... Explore more? Do you want to maybe set something up in the north with Xeno Mavro or uh, some other things? Έχει μπορέσει και έχει κατακτήσει τρει διαφορετικέ περιοχέ με τι ανάλογε ποικιλίε. Σκέφτεσαι καθόλου να πα στο βορρά και να δουλέψει ποτέ με το Xeno Mavro. Είναι λίγο μακριά. Είναι οι αποστάσει πολύ μακριά. He said it's a little bit too far for him. Αλλά είναι κάτι που με εξητάρει. He's like, but it's definitely something that really excites him. Right. Well, you know, making the flight to Santorini, I'm sure, is not. Not too painful each time. <laughs> he has a very tight uh, relationship with Santorini. He has a house there as well, and he, he spends a lot of time on the island. I'd like to spend the last five minutes talking about the intersection of Greek wine and food. Of course, uh, the Mediterranean is such a wealth of amazing ingredients, uh, unbelievable olive oils, seafood around every, you know, we think of fresh octopus, we think of, what is um, your impressions of the marriage of wine and food and what are some of your favorite pairings that are traditional Greek wine and traditional Greek food? Θα ήθελα να αφιερώσω τα τελευταία πέντε λεπτά απάνω στο, στη παντριά του φαγητού mm. και του κρασιού γιατί είναι κάτι πάρα πολύ σημαντικό όπως δίποτε στη Μεσόγειο αλλά θέλει να σε ρωτήσει για πολύ συγκεκριμένες ε, δεσμεύσεις μεταξύ το κρασί και το φαγητό. Ε, πριν έχουμε... να μου απαντήσει θα του πω κάτι. Όταν κάνουμε εμάς τα κρασιά μας το κάθε κρασί όταν το, το, το φτιάχνουμε εμείς, η φιλοσοφία μας είναι να συνδυάζει κάτι ξεχωριστό από έναν άλλο κρασί μας. Έτσι, η, έτσι τα, τα διάφορα κρασιά που έχουμε εμείς, το ένα συμπληρώνει το άλλο σε, μια, σε έναν κύκλο καστρονομίας είτε ελληνικής είτε διεθνής. So before he dives directly into your question, he wants to say, and I've seen this with Yanni Telepo actually, that the way they create the wines and design the whole lineup is to pair with all sorts of flavor profile spectrums. So where, for example, the Montinia reaches due to its acidity in fruit, that's where the Blanc degree picks up and continues to heavier flavors. And then he has the rosé, and then it kind of goes on and on. So his wines are meant to pair and hit all the different spectrum flavor profiles. Okay, let's um, let's pause on the food. We have, um, and, and just talk about the, that lineup a little in a little bit more depth, right? The actual wines, um, maybe from that lighter side of the spectrum, uh, all, all the way to the full-bodied. Άμα τότε θέλεις να μας πεις, εφόσον είναι αυτή η συζήτηση, να μας πεις λίγο από το πιο ελαφρύ κρασί που φτιάχνεις. Όχι, θα προτιμούσα να απαντήσω. Μέχρι το πιο βαρύ κρασί. Θα προτιμούσα να... Κοίταξε, τα πάντα ξεκινούν από το Μοσχοφύλλερο. He's like, everything starts from Μοσχοφύλλερο. However, I, I'd like to highlight that he loves your initial question of the food and wine pairing. So, he's... It's... We're going to figure out some way to make the two questions into ε, one, into one discussion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ε, μπορώ να το απαντάω και μετά να συμπληρώνω. 
Στην ερώτηση. Άρα μπορεί ναι. να μα πει ναι. εσύ τότε. Μαντινία είναι για πολύ ελαφριά για σαλάτε. Για... Γενικά για, το, για τα ορεκτικά. Αλλά επίση είναι ένα κρασί το οποίο συνοδεύει πάρα πολύ το, το μεσογειακή κουζίνα. Ναι, τη μεσογειακή κουζίνα. Μέχρι και κάποια ελαφρά ψάρια. Εκεί που σταματάει η μαντινία ξεκινάει το blanc de gris. And that's where Mantinia finishes the blanc de gris, which is the skin contact barrel fermented muscofilero, is where that comes into play now. Το οποίο μπορεί να πάει σε κάποια φαγητά με λευκή σάλτσα ή πιο πιο πολύπλοκα. And that's where dishes with a white sauce, a little bit more body. Come into play because um, you're getting that richness from the skins, absolutely, or even fatty fishes or more oily fishes. And where the blonde degree finishes, that's where the acidic kicks in. Το οποίο μπορεί να συνδυάσει οτιδήποτε λιπαρό σε ψαρικών αλλά και σε πολύ και σε ασπρεσάλτσες κρέατα με ασπρεσάλτσες. And because of the the high acid minerality in the body of the acidic, you can easily pair it with any sort of oily fish or fatty fish, all the way to um, some lean uh, white meats as well. I will interject here one of, I think it's remarkable, the acertico, because it has such high acidity, which is great for food, but then such a luscious, full-bodied mouthfeel that it's kind of the best of both worlds in wine. It's an anomaly. Absolutely, absolutely. It's actually one of the very few grape varietals that you get a high acid and a high alcohol, which allows it as well for extreme ageability, right. uh, which is really quite unique for Asirtico. But... Δηλαδή και το, το Asirtico μπορεί να συνοδεύσει πάρα πολύ κουζίνες εξωτικές. Asirtico also, I'd like to mention that it can pair very well, very well with um, exotic cuisines as well. Asiaticas, uh, Asiatic cuisine. Asian, Thai, Chinese. Because of its acid and metallicity. And of course the, the metallic and the mineral character. Absolutely, and then and then uh, there is so when in the Peloponnese there's very mountainous areas too that that are known for its livestock and and meat. Is that correct? That's or, correct. Yeah. Actually, something to add is a lot of people forget is that eighty percent of Greece is actually a mountainous region, um, which is unique considering it's the southernmost country in Europe. And, and the coastline, the and large. And the coastline, which is actually equivalent to the coastline of China in area. That's how yeah. much coastline we have in such a small country <laughs> wow. of Greece. Um, and close to 70% of all the wine produced in Greece is white. And it's because of the mountainous regions we're able to do this, um, which is truly unique. But back to your question um, for Yanni, is that in Peloponnese we have a lot of wine and we have a lot of wine. Τρέφονται σε αυτά τα βουνά Ακριβώς. που μπορεί να ταιριάζουν πολύ ωραία με τα κρασιά μας. Ακριβώς. Είναι πολύ σημαντική η, η, η κουζίνα της, η κουζίνα της, της Πελοποννήσου. Η, η Πελοπόννησος είναι αυτό που λέμε εμείς, είναι, ε, έχει τόσα διαφορετικά τερουάρ, με, ούτως ώστε μπορεί να δώσει κρασιά, δηλαδή με πάρα πολλές διαφορετικές γεύσεις. It's it's unique, really. Peloponnese has so many different terroirs, from sandy soils at low elevation to limestone and schist, all the way up to 21, 2400 feet. 
Um, and this gives a huge array of food and wine pairings. Παραδείγματος κάτι θα πω ένα παράδειγμα με μια ποικιλία η οποία είναι γνωστή σε όλο τον κόσμο το Cabernet Sauvignon. For example, he's going to actually draw a comparison to an international varietal. μπορεί να συναντήσεις 10 διαφορετικά είδη Cabernet. Είναι διαφορετικό το το Cabernet της της από την Ηλία, την Αχαία, την Κορυθία, την Αργολίδα και την Αρκαδία. So, for example, the Cabernet that's made in the Peloponnese is not one style. All the different states, the Ilia, Messinia, Corinthia, and so forth, they all produce different styles of Cabernet Sauvignon. Huge differences in microclimates. Είναι πλήρη συνδεδεμένη τόσο με το Μοσκοφίνο και με το Αγιοργίτικο. Αυτέ οι δύο ποικιλίε δηλαδή είναι, πολύ, είναι ο κύριο εκφραστή αυτή τη κουζίνα. And because of um, the, the food and the varietals that exist there, you can pair something as light and delicate as the Mantinia Μοσκοφίλερο to something a lot heavier with the Αγιοργίτικο. Παραδείγματο χάρη, α πούμε, το καλοκαίρι στην Ελλάδα, μπορεί, που δεν είναι μια περίοδο που καταναλώνουμε κόκκινα κρασιά, κόκκινε νεμέε. So, for example, in in Greece, where we do enjoy our red wines in the summer, we love drinking rosé from Ayurgitico grape. It's perfect. That's also another reason why some of the rosés you find from Greece tend to be a little bit darker, because they have a little bit more. Έχουμε τη δυνατότητα σαν χώρα να προσφέρουμε κρασιά για όλες τις στιγμές. As a country, he firmly believes that we can offer all sorts of selections of wines for anything. Well, uh, my mouth is absolutely watering, and uh, I'm really looking forward to tasting the wines at the Wines of Greece event tomorrow. Um, Yanis Tselipos, I want to thank you really from the bottom of my heart for being here in co-op, and Andreas Sinelis, who is uh, has been translating, wonderful job translating. Uh, <laughs> he is with the importer uh, Kava Spiliadas. Um, thank you so much for being here, and send me any questions If you have Mark Rayshap at koop.org, and uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. All right, thank you, Mark. Well, that was wonderful. Uh, and just to review, since the pronunciation is so tricky, we are going to hear Yanis Tselipos pronounce some of the main regions and grape varieties that we have been talking about this past 45 minutes. Here's Yanis. Mosho uh, Filero. It's Mantinia, Aiorgitico, Nemea, Asirtico, Santorini. All right. Awesome. I'm all. Xinomavro. Xinomavro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. good, Yanni. You got most of them.